quick random question. Does, do your parents watch your YouTube videos too? My parents watch them, but they don't really like pay attention. Uh, like they play it in the background with like the ads playing. So they're like, oh, it'll <laughs> earn you more money, right? I'm like, it'll earn me like 0.5% of like of, of a cent, but sure, thanks. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> thanks that's for watching. Cute, right? That's how they support you. And I, but yeah, so they do watch my YouTube videos and like everything. They like like it and like watch it through, mm. but they're not really paying attention. Also, they're not very interested in like skincare and stuff. Maybe once I actually start posting vlogs about my life in Korea, Ooh. they'll pay more attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to Almost Always podcast, and we have a very special guest with us, Helen. Yay. AKA Hello everyone. Through Helen's lens. Um, she is someone very near and dear to my heart. She is a friend from middle school. She's the one who taught me everything I know about skincare and she introduced me to the world of K-pop. And we ha- spent many, many, many hours in geometry class just chatting about things that are non-geometry related. So Helen and I go way back and I'm so thankful that even to this day, we can still remain friends um, even after going to separate colleges and such. I'm so glad that she gets to join us on this podcast today. We're going to hear so much about her experience in the world um, of social media, something that she has dreamt of for so long. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about that. So Helen, why don't you just introduce yourself and share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, thanks so much for having me on the podcast and that introduction. My name is Helen Liao. I'm 23 years old and I'm a full-time content creator under the handle through Helen's Lens. So I actually grew up in the Bay Area, which is how I know Clarissa since middle school, as she said before. And I went to school at UC Berkeley and studied economics. I graduated in 2019. Before I actually got into content creating, I actually worked in the tech industry as a finance role. And I actually started making content on YouTube and TikTok right after I graduated college. And I mainly focused on skincare and lifestyle content. It wasn't until um, the whole quarantine uh, COVID situation hit was when I started to make content more seriously. And I was actually introduced to TikTok as a platform. And that's really where all of my social media content really grew from. And starting September is when I actually quit my job and started to do this full time. So I'm so excited to see where this comes. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing a little bit about yourself. And that's so cool. Like, I feel like I've known you and we talked about this when we were in college. And I always known that this was like a dream of yours to do this as your full time thing. And you mentioned that you quit your job. Uh, That must have been a huge decision. And Especially coming from an Asian home, like you were in a great, you had a great job in finance. Can you tell us more about that experience? Yeah, so I was actually always wanted to like do this kind of thing full time ever since like I saw other people do it right because I grew up with all like these YouTube influencer content creators like Michelle Fawn, Bubs Beauty, Jenim and everything and it just seemed like so out of reach when I was in college so I never actually thought of it seriously like I thought I would just do a regular nine to five like everyone else and that's why like I interned and I was 
going to go into like professional services, investment banking, or like the tech industry. But it wasn't until I actually started creating content myself and realizing the whole influencer industry is how I saw like there's actually like a potential, there's enough like money or like there's enough in this like industry that will allow me to have like a full-time income from creating content, which is why like that's when I realized that it's actually possible for me to do this full time. But if it wasn't for TikTok, I don't think that this all would have happened or like any like of this COVID situation, because if I was still working in the office, I wouldn't have as much time to create content versus when I'm working at home, right? When when did you realize this? Like, where's that moment? Yeah, I think it was... Oh, yeah, I think it was maybe starting when I was around 15K on TikTok. So actually not 15K, 50K um, is when I started getting brand deals from like different companies and they actually started reaching out to me and everything. And that's when I realized like my income from this side thing that I've been doing is getting really, really close to what I'm earning for a full-time income. And I just also noticed myself putting like 50% into my job versus what I used to put in like 100%. And I was always, always thinking in the back of my head, like after work, like what content am I going to film? Like, what am I going to do? Basically, like it started to consume a lot of the time that I used to think about work into thinking about like my own thing, which is when I actually started thinking seriously if I should be doing this full time or not, because I don't know about you guys, but I see from my like own perspective that social media is like very fleeting. So like you actually either take this opportunity or it might like pass you by Mm -hmm. if you don't take it. So that's when I realized, like I actually thought long and hard about this because I'm not really the kind of person to take a lot of risks in my life anyways. So, but I think like talking to like a lot of my friends and like people around me who care about me about this, who also have like a similar mindset about like security and everything. It was like a good decision in my perspective. So how did how did your parents respond to, you know, you making this big leap and this huge decision for yourself? Yeah, so I actually didn't tell my parents <laughs> when I quit my job because, okay, there's like multiple reasons behind this because as you guys also may know, like growing up in like an Asian American household or just like with immigrant parents, they're very like, not really risk takers when it comes to these things, which makes sense because they literally came from like another country to like make a better life here. They didn't really have any room for error in that sense. And like they had like kids, like for example, like my parents had my sister, like she was born in China and they came to have me and my brother. So I guess like mm-hmm. they've always taught me like, oh, you should go be a doctor. And like when I didn't want to be a doctor, that was already very heartbroken to them already. But they're like, OK, it's fine. They're, like go into like business and be like like a business person or work in banking or like finance, accounting and sort of that sort of thing. And I knew like that they wouldn't be supportive of it just because they would mm-hmm. be scared for me. Like it's not something they're familiar with. They're not familiar with like making money online like that's not Mm -hmm. a thing back then like just like very traditional job and I knew they would just be very like concerned for like my future and if I'm able to like support myself especially because like I'm not like like a teenager anymore like I'm like a full-grown adult they're probably (laughs) probably their worst 
their worst nightmare is probably me just like not being like successful, not ever finding a, being able to find a job and like living at home or something for the rest of my life. So I didn't tell them because I knew like they wouldn't really understand with this sort of thing and that they probably would tell me no. And I guess like from growing up, I've always been the kind of person to like ask for forgiveness instead of permission <laughs> from my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I genu- I genuinely think like, <laughs> That's like smart. I just feel like I believe in myself and I just wanted to like have a couple of months to have like a track record and show them that I could do this before I actually mm-hmm. let them know that I quit my job because I was actually going to think like okay like I'll work for myself September to December if it doesn't work out I just go find another job it's not that big of a deal like for me, it's not that big of a deal because I know that I had experience like as internships and post-grad with all this stuff. I know I have the capabilities of finding another one eventually. Like maybe it's not as like high paying or like as stable, but I could find something, you know. So um, they reacted like I obviously they didn't really react when I quit my job because they didn't know because I was just staying <laughs> so- at home and working inside my house just like everyone else. You know, I just I never told them like that. I, I mean, I told them that I was still working, but like, it was like kind of a lie, kind of not, but I was working. I was like filming so, my videos. So I have a quick stuff. question. So so walk us through like the timeline of when you quit your job and then when you told your parents and then, or like when you quit your job, when you mm-hmm. made the decision and then like when you told your parents. Yes. Yeah, so I was really thinking about this seriously, maybe July, July of 2020. Um, I talked to like my friends about it. I talked to like my boyfriend about it. And I would say like my friends are pretty practical people, just like me. Like we, like me myself, I already went through like the pros and cons of everything. And the people around me are pretty practical as well. Like I don't don't want to like do any like risky decisions mm-hmm. to like put my well-being into like, um, and, like harm my well-being and everything. Um, September is when I officially quit my job so I left my company in September I like turned into all of my like laptops and everything and that sort of thing but I didn't tell my parents until December 2020 (laughs) yes that's a full like three months two months yeah yeah and I was like I said before I was trying to prove to myself (laughs) so they they like never walked in and like on you working like there's just <laughs> okay, like you're just talking like, like very energetically at work you know like you have like all this makeup stuff out and like it wasn't weird <laughs> good lighting oh your ring light you know meetings. on so to be fair like even when I was working my corporate job I would take any like minute in the day that I'm not doing something or like I turned in my work and I had like 30 minutes I would take that time in the middle of the day to record and they knew that uh, so like they weren't really like shook by me like not like talking energetically in the middle of the day they're actually kind of um sus because like they're like wait why aren't you in any meetings anymore because they can usually hear me outside and i'm just like so not gonna lie i did like lie to them basically like i was like oh yeah we don't have that many meetings right now but i think it was like for the better because I just knew that like not to say anything like bad about my parents because like I like love them and they love me and they'll be supportive of me no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like eventually they'll get over it. Mm. (laughs) But uh, I knew that like like my parents wouldn't be like what people say like, oh, they'll be really supportive off the bat. Like they'll definitely make especially like like some snarky comments here and there. And honestly, like I don't need that kind of negative (laughs) energy when I'm trying to pursue (laughs) something in my life. So that's why I didn't tell them. 
yeah so like i'm like i don't need that negative energy like like why i'm I'm, that doesn't help me like perform any better or like work any harder you know that's true that's exactly why i didn't tell them i mean i think in hindsight it was a good decision because like even when i explained to my parents why like i didn't tell them or like i like lied to them and stuff because i told them that i knew they would say no like there would be no like they would definitely not like be understanding of it mm-hmm. unless I showed them some evidence and some numbers of things that I could do, which <laughs> is why I think the conversation went a lot better than I thought it would be just because I had that backing evidence for, mm. for me. So, what well, was? Mm-hmm. I mean, you technically weren't lying. You, there really weren't that many meetings, right? Because you quit. Yeah, there were. There were no more meetings, meetings to go not, to. I, that's not really there a was lie. no meetings at all, actually. Yeah, I mean, anyways, Clarissa, what's up? Oh, I'm just curious about what are some of like the evidences that you gave to back up your decision? Yeah, so my piece of evidence were like obviously income. That's a big thing. I'm pretty sure that's like the main thing because my parents don't want me to randomly like not have food to like feed myself if I ever do like move out or like especially because like now that I'm almost turning 24 like next year or I guess not next year, it's 2021. So this year I am turning 24. So they're like, oh, like this is time for you to like get serious about your life, go buy like a house and everything. So they probably don't, they want to see like some proof of like revenue or some proof that I can actually monetize off of this and like that I am growing. So I had to show, I want to show them like stats and like I've always been a very like evidence-based person. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I was little, I would want to go to like my friend's birthday party. My parents said no. (laughs) So I write them a persuasive essay of why I should be able to go and like like, what I've done well. (laughs) That's that's intense. They let me go actually to that one. Honestly, it wasn't really worth it because I didn't really like it. (laughs) But but I did write them an essay on like reasons why (laughs) they should let me go. But um, yeah, so like proof of like I don't know, proof of like revenue and like income and growth. Mm. Um, just like proof of like how, like also like, I don't really understand how like the whole content creator industry works mm-hmm. and how like people are making money online. So I had to explain all of that to them, like explain YouTube ad revenue and like TikTok and sponsorships and all of that. Honestly, even though I explained it to them, it's kind of like a lot of information to yeah. gra- for them to grasp at once. But I think it was helpful having like, um, when I told them, actually, my boyfriend was there with me. Mm. So he was he speaks a lot better Chinese than I do, like Mandarin wise. I speak like Cantonese and English to my parents. So he was saying like, oh, like explaining more of this stuff. But like he offered a lot of backup and that, oh. oh, he did more of like the big picture thing. Like, oh, like she should like be able to like pursue her dreams, like all of that kind of stuff. Because I think like he came from a like a more, I don't know, like progressive or like less traditional like Chinese family Mm -hmm. than my uh, my parents are like his parents always told him that he should be able to do whatever he wants in life and that he shouldn't take like the safe traditional path so he was able to convey that to my parents but also like my sister who's like 12 years older than me but she's like still considered millennial she actually explained to my parents a lot better than I did about like the whole influencer industry Mm. and like how it's actually like very lucrative nowadays because she also wants she said she wants to start like some (laughs) sort of blog or something so I think like like maybe the first initial like conversation I had like breaking it to them didn't really make them understand too much but like I was able to show like all like my like QuickBooks and accounting stuff and like bookkeeping and everything, right? And also like people around us that are like close to my parents, like my sister was able to explain them a little bit more within like the coming weeks. Mm. 
what a supportive uh, group of people you had. Yeah, it was good. I think it was a good backup <laughs> for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was definitely a lot to like drop on them at once because not only did I tell them that I quit my job and actually I, I kind of phrased it when I first told them like, oh, I was thinking about quitting my job and they're like, no. And I'm just like, actually, I already did. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Wait, yeah, yeah. So so walk us through like the conversation. I want to I want to kind of hear like the breakdown of like each each part as you told them and like the reaction. Yeah. So like I originally like I'm, I was really scared, obviously, going into this because I didn't know how they react. And like, I've always been like, I don't want to disappoint my parents. And like, like mm-hmm. I, like as a middle child, I've always been like the more rebellious one compared to like my older sister and my younger brother, <laughs> right? Like I've always been the one to like not tell them things or like apologize when something happens. Like, oh, sorry. But I've never been like super <laughs> rebellious, but definitely like breaking like what they expect from from us. So I like, they already knew that I was making money off this thing. This is, was not like a, like a new thing, right? They already knew that I was creating mm-hmm. content and like mm-hmm. posting YouTube mm-hmm. videos and TikTok and everything. So I actually approached them by saying like, oh, like how do I do my taxes for like freelance work <laughs> and stuff, right? So there's like some sort of segue into it. And then they're like, oh, like talking about taxes and everything. And actually like... I, because my boyfriend's living in the guest room right now, uh, just with us for like a couple months, he was actually there too. So for backup, because I was like, I don't want to do this myself. Like so just smart. in case something happens, you need to come in here and like <laughs> swoop and like take it away. So then, um, and then he kept like nudging me because I was like really dragging this up. I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like maybe I should get an accountant or something. <laughs> but then that's when I told my parents like, oh, also like I was thinking about doing this full-time that's how I approached it so of course Mm. they're like no like they give me a very disapproving look and we're like no we don't approve of this and then I was like actually let me rephrase that I actually quit my job already and they're like you already quit and I was like yes (laughs) for a few months now so that was kind of awkward you know that was gonna get I was very worried and they gave a very disapproving like sound I don't forget I was like "Mm." Mm. (laughs) the Asian disapproving um, sound that's when I I whipped out the receipts or not the receipts, but I whipped out my pieces of evidence with like my QuickBooks online and everything and like all like my YouTube analytics and like TikTok stuff and like my contracts and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's when I had to start explaining to them about like the whole industry and everything. And they're mainly concerned about like money wise and also like how like sustainable this career is because obviously it's not something that a lot of people have been doing for a long time like maybe like the longest content creators on the platform have been there for like like 10-15 years but it's definitely not something that people talk about like retirement as like a content creator or whatever right Mm -hmm. so I had to explain Mm -hmm. to them like my whole plan of like what I'm gonna do like how am I gonna diversify my income and everything like that like what am I going to do when I'm older um what else oh yeah and then that's when like I started talking to them about like how this is like something that I really wanted to do and something that I actually like very much believe in myself that I can do this. Like they can obviously see from like the past couple of months, like I'm still like, I still like pay for a lot of things in my household. Like it hasn't really affected like my daily life per se in terms of like I can't pay for things and I can't do like, I don't have like money coming in or whatnot. So it's not like I went cold Turkey on like my job and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were still like kind of not convinced, but as I said before, like people around me have been explaining to them and it's 
they've come a lot more to terms to it. But then I had to drop another bomb on them and saying that I want to move to Korea. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Wait, so, this is the so same there's... conversation. This is all. You oh, did it all in yeah, one yeah, conversation. Yeah, I just, I, I was just... like, uh, maybe I should do it in two Holy conversations. Cow. And then my boyfriend was like, wow. no, you should just rip off the band aid. You might as well. They're already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just take it off. Ooh. Kill two birds with one stone. Try what's like, best. Yeah. That was all in the same conversation. So, so your parents heard that you quit your job mm-hmm. and that. You are doing content creation full time and you're moving all in one day. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I guess like quitting my job and content creation is like kind of like in the same because what am I going to do if I quit my job? Like, yeah, do yeah that's creation. true. Of course. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I was just like, oh, like a lot of times, like I had to tell them December because I was planning to actually move and like I'm still planning to move in February. So I'm like, I feel like it's kind of like, if I told them in January that I was moving the next month, that was like too short notice. Yeah, so I told them that after like the initial like telling them about like content creation, full time stuff, like calm down a little bit. And then they're like, what? Korea? Like literally not even in this country. <laughs> yeah. During a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, but I had to explain to them that like Asia is handling it way better than like, the US. That is true. Yeah, and there's a lot more opportunity there for me right now. And also because I've never really moved or lived anywhere outside of the Bay Area, it'll be like something that will be good for me. So so why Korea? And and I don't know if you, you touched this already, but like what was their reaction for moving? Was it just the same or? Oh, and then, then they're like, what? <laughs> they were just very like confused, <laughs> like a lot of confusion going on, right? Um, of course, they were disapproving too because they're like, oh, I think like, my parents always thought that I was just going to stay in the Bay Area forever. And I don't even know if like that's what they think now, like that I'll be staying in the Bay Area forever. But I guess I've never really expressed to them that I wanted to move to other places. So that kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but so they were kind of surprised because I used to tell them that I was interested in moving to the city. And I actually met New York City, but I think they thought I met San Francisco. <laughs> mm, another <laughs> lie. Sense, you know? Another white lie. Basically, I have a lot of vague things that I tell them. <laughs> it's but, like you, um, you are telling they were them. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not completely a lie. I didn't want to move to the yeah. city, just a different city than the other Right. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so but, what, what, yeah, the benefits of Korea. What is that? Kick us a little deeper into, you know, why this is the move for you. Yeah. So I really wanted to move to an Asian country just because I really liked traveling there and everything. And if I were to study, go back to college and study abroad, I would have chosen like an Asian country. Um, there's not many options because it's a pandemic. Like China's not letting anyone in, Hong Kong's not letting anyone in, Taiwan's not letting anyone in, Japan. And I was like, Korea is still letting us in. <laughs> they're still letting people in. As long as you quarantine for two weeks and like abide by all the rules, they're still letting you in. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a lot easier to choose that. But a lot of the skincare brands that I work with are actually based in Korea or a lot of them are based in Asia. But like you guys probably already know this, that like the cosmetics industry and like skincare industry is like huge in Korea in terms of like research and like research and development and like consumerism too there. So I thought it was like a really good area to just talk, like explore more about like skincare production and research and development. Mm. Um, And also because like I've been there before and it was like a lot of the stuff that they do there, like a lot of the interests that 
make you interested in Korea, such as like cafe culture and like aesthetics and everything, I was very like into, or I kind of want to experience it for myself for just like a year. Mm. Mm. And it also has that sort of like big city lifestyle that I want to go for, which is hence why I wanted to move to New York City. But I want mm. to also go somewhere because they seem to be handling COVID much better than they are handling <laughs> it here. Anyone is handling it better than us. Yeah, I, I would say most countries. <laughs> yeah, literally yes, anyone. Definitely better. Anyone is. Claire, did you have something? I was going to ask, what do you out of everything? It sounds like a really exciting move. What are you the most excited for for this change that's coming up in like a month? Yeah, I guess like I'm just excited to meet new people and like go out there and like explore different things that are not in the Bay Area. Because as I said before, I grew up here. I went to college here. I've really never left here besides traveling. But even traveling is like at most maybe like a month or something like that. So I'm just excited to get to like experience like a new culture, like in terms of like location, but also um like meet new people. Like I feel like I've been very stuck in a bubble for a long time, like very specific to like Bay Area. And mm -hmm. I think like even like where you grow up in like like different cultures, like Bay Area has like its own culture in itself. Like I'm pretty sure if I meet people from SoCal, from East, uh, East Coast, like it's still very different. So I just want to go meet some like other people without the comfort of knowing that my home friends are still here and like my family is still here. So basically, I just want to challenge myself and put myself in uncomfortable situations. I feel like that's going to make some really great content too. Oh, yes. I'm going to be documenting all of it on like in vlogs on my YouTube channel. So. I guess I have a question for you guys then. Like, have you guys ever thought about like living somewhere else besides like California? Because I'm pretty sure all of you guys are from California. Or like, have you ever like just had some ideas of like, maybe I do want to experience like the East Coast or like another country or some sort? <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's a great question. Oh, I thought you had a good answer. Um, no, that was a great question. Mm. Just, I just have to think about it. Um, Actually, for me more than like i say a handful of times i have thought about korea as well just oh without Whoa. just as a coward really with no oh, real plans cool. just in my <laughs> dreams when i'm asleep in my deep deep conscious i've thought about it a few times because um my major is in landscape architecture like that's what i studied and they've oh. got a good amount of i don't know why in korea it's like a bigger thing for like developing cities they like like to like really bring in a lot of city projects and stuff so a lot of good landscape architecture firms are from there and they have all the cool projects um it seemed cheaper than japan if i'm being honest <laughs> i don't know the, the real differences i think but, it is that's mm. true and i mean it's just like i would it would be almost impossible for me to try and get out there more realistically would if i were to head out of california it'd be like somewhere close like seattle seattle you know or like washington same places mm. the west yeah. coast still yeah. the west coast but i i think seattle's still like pretty different from california mm. Very, there's some parts yeah, of that are different yeah different. Mm. wow but i yeah. guess like in, in, besides like living from away from california like have you guys I don't know if you guys have studied abroad or not or like are interested in living in a place for maybe a like very short term living like three months or something. Mm. 
I have thought about it as well, but I don't want to keep answering. So does anyone else want to go first? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, there's these things called like artist residencies that they have mm-hmm. like all over the world. Um, I don't know if it's, I think it's for any kind of creative, but for me, it's mainly in uh, photography is my hobby. So I, we, this is weird. We didn't do any real intros on this episode, but anyways, <laughs> I do photography as a hobby and I think it'd be really cool to um, get into a artist residency and like just go out there and like make work any place that I don't really know. But it is a little harder for photography because how am I going to... You have to present a project when you apply for your residency. Mm. So it's kind of hard to present a project in a place I don't know and apply there kind of thing. But I've seen... I've looked up a few places like in like Korea or in like Japan and stuff like that and i think that that'd be a good way to kind of dip my toes in maybe not like full you know off the dive board like you helen but like you know just to get in there for a little bit could be cool too i did not know that about you nate wow you didn't ask i mean We're learning new <laughs> things right now it's a very specific question but if you asked i would have told wow. you <laughs> wow claire said do you have something i to be honest, I've always been that type of person that's like, wherever my family is, that is where I will be. Like, going to college, I never even considered going to slow. I thought that was already far. <laughs> Four hours away from home was far. Um, but I think it, it did show me that there was so much to learn when you're away from home and experiencing a different place. And when you grow to love that place, I really enjoyed that experience. And I've... So I, I never studied abroad. Um, I've never been out of the country for more than a month. So even though for like for you, Helen, you're going to be gone for a year or so, right? Is that a, is that approximately? I'm probably going to be gone for like a year. Okay. I'm probably going to come extend? back around like summer next year. Oh, okay. 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 Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like a really good length of time to be away. It just, I feel like I always feel like I'm going to miss out on so much that happens here, whether it's at home uh, or with the my, FOMO. my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Even though a part of me though also craves that experience too. There has there just is not a place that speaks to me to the level that I'm like, I really want to go there and experience life there. However, I do think if I were to go somewhere for a, an extended period of time, it would be for the purpose of doing a mission trip somewhere um, I think that would be the reason for me to go because I don't really have an attachment to any country or place, but if it was there to like serve the people, I don't think it really matters where I go. And I did consider that in college, but ended up taking the corporate route. Um, but maybe in the future, <laughs> it'll be an opportunity that presents itself again. Not even mm. like Indonesia. I was just going to ask that. That's a good uh, point. Sorry. Um, you read my I mind. have, I have considered Indonesia. Um, I've always hoped that my company will send me to Indonesia because we have a like a branch there and we have to do <laughs> a lot of, um, like overseas work there. So that would be so fun. But also for family, um, I'm actually trying to improve my Indonesian skills. So maybe if that can improve more, I can feel more confident in going to Indonesia by myself too. How about you, Edwin? Yeah. Um, so when I was younger, I, I 
I got I had the privilege of traveling as a kid um, with my family. Um, so I've been to Europe. Um, uh, I really like a lot of the Asian countries. Um, uh, I really like Hong Kong. Uh, I, the longest I've stayed in Hong Kong was about a month and a half, I think. Um, so uh, I do really, really love Hong Kong. Um, I've been to Japan and Korea. Um, I really liked Singapore. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I'm just, I just, I think those are some of the places that stick out. Um, I think I was very blessed and privileged uh, to have been able to visit those places uh, younger. And I've like family spread across uh, Singapore and in Hong Kong. So a lot of family is in Hong Kong. So, which is why like I, I used to go back a lot actually. Um, but I think when it comes to moving, I don't, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm in a very different life stage where uh, like I'm about to get married and like, um, I don't think mm-hmm. Emily actually can't fly. She has, um she has vertigo. So she'll get really sick uh, with any oh. type of motion stuff. So we technically can't leave. I mean, we can drive anywhere. We could drive to New York in theory, but, but like, <laughs> I mean, that's probably not going to happen. So I think, I think in terms of like moving and like finding a new career, I think I, I really, I've been thinking a lot actually about like where to start uh our lives um and and i think like california honestly like the the weather is just i don't want to sound like those like people but like (laughs) the weather in california i cannot like explain the luxury like i've been to yeah i've been to chicago chicago uh seattle uh, i've been texas um texas would be my like my second spot to move to um just because there's a buddy of mine Mm -hmm. there and like i think uh it's just a lot of space and California is getting a little cramped. Um, but I think like the weather is such a huge draw for me staying in California. And like, I know we pay like a lot of taxes for the weather tax, they call it. Uh, but think about it in the winter in this past January, we had we had sunny weather, like 60, 65, you know, it's and true. the sun's out. Like we get rain, but yeah. people have to. I'm in a t-shirt, you know, at night. Yeah. you're Nate's literally going to short sleeve t-shirt. It's January, it's January 12th. Like in 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 the mid midwest it's like snowing and it's like you have to shovel out your driveway every day like you know i just think yeah i, I mean i think california i am definitely setting roots in california yeah i just think growing up and i think a part of it is like what clarissa said like family i think that's uh important enough for us to stay and like both like my fiance's family is also in california so um there's no big draw to move um my company does have offices also in like other countries but i don't know if i would want to transfer anyways or even do like a short stint i just feel like i think i think for me the risks there's too many risks to leave yeah so and and i think i do enjoy what i have uh, in california i'm very blessed uh by that so but i have definitely thought about it i think but once i met emily and then like things started settling down just things change so so yeah helen so your audience um on tiktok obviously there's a wide range of audience but um i think a lot of them are probably gen z i'd say um maybe less millennials but still some sprinkled in here and there but i guess one of the questions we were curious about is like what part of that gen z culture did you gravitate towards and you know what kind of made it like that is your audience yeah so i don't know about you guys but like sometime like within our sophomore year memes got really popular (laughs) 
and meme culture <laughs> yeah. is definitely a big part of Gen Z and de- definitely one that I identify a lot with because memes got me through a lot of times in college. I think I just think they're really funny and like a good a good source of entertainment, you know. So meme culture is definitely really big on TikTok trends, trends that come and go. Um, and I find that Gen Z is a lot different from millennials because as as other zillennials, like people born within like nine to five. 1995 to like 1999 they were considered like the cusp of gen z and millennials i find that they're a lot more um how do i say this they're a lot more untraditional so i feel like they value like people who like to do things that they're really passionate about like passions obviously um not making work everything like making work enjoyable but also not making it your entire identity and just having like other things be part of your identity because I think for millennials like work is like a huge part like what do you do and everything but I feel Mm -hmm, like Gen mm -hmm. Z is a lot more like oh what do you like to do like what like Mm. not just making one thing your entire image and just being like very relatable and like knowing like the current trends and whatnot so yeah so like I know I notice from like people who are on TikTok a lot even if they are on the older side they tend to be a lot more in tune with like what's going on and what are the trends if they're on TikTok because like most of the people on TikTok are a lot on the younger side. Mm. Right. I feel like Gen Z is a lot about like just taking action and sparking change in your life or like in the world instead of just sitting there and going with what people say. Mm. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. Like, I think because like Asian Americans traditionally are raised to like follow the rules and follow the lead. But I think a lot has changed obviously in these past like couple of years. But I don't know. That's something interesting. Yeah, that's a really good question and answer, (laughs) Helen, because I feel like I'm so unfamiliar with TikTok and Gen Z. And so being able to hear from someone who, you know, is in it and like now you are doing it as your full time job. um, It's so it's so interesting for me to hear about the ins and outs. Something that has caught my attention about TikTok lately is just realizing how powerful it is, how powerful of a tool it is. How has it been kind of, you know, being being a content creator on TikTok? What have you learned about the platform itself and even about how social media is changing? Yeah, so I definitely see that TikTok is changing the way people consume content because... Before that, Instagram was really big, like just seeing photo content and seeing like a highlight reel because people just put their best moments on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You don't see like when they're sad. You don't see Mm. like when they're struggling. You just see like the best moments, which is why like in the beginning, like people always thought like content creation was such an easy thing and like things like people had such like nice. I, I don't know. I felt like it fed into like people comparing their lives a lot and like seeing like other people have like such nice like things and like they have no problems or at least they're not showcasing it into the world but tiktok really shows like how video content is taking over like the industry now and people like to see all sides of people not just them at their best moments but also them like being relatable as well so i noticed that and tiktok definitely like has so much power in terms of like making who they want to be like giving someone a platform overnight Mm. you know making people Mm. famous selling out of a certain product which is why like so many like companies are going to tiktok Mm -hmm. because there's so many like tiktok famous trends tiktok famous items tiktok famous people 
So mm-hmm. they definitely have a lot of power in that sense. And I think it's like a good thing that video content is becoming more and more popular because people don't like to see sugar-coated things anymore. Like they like to see mm-hmm. real people with their highs and like their lows. Mm. 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 That's interesting. Do you think there's a downside that you can see on TikTok as of now? Yeah, I guess like because it gives people a platform so quickly, some people actually didn't go on TikTok to get a platform. <laughs> like as you can see, <laughs> there's a lot of like teenagers that are getting really popular on TikTok just because they posted a couple like dancing videos and stuff and like with their friends and then they get really popular like overnight because they went viral and then people get complain about them having like a platform. Well, like they didn't really ask <laughs> for it. Like they weren't like actively trying to get it. It just like they gave them the platform that they weren't ready with. So I can understand how it can be detrimental to younger children. And there's a lot of toxic mm. people on TikTok. Like, and in terms of like social media, there's toxic people all over social media. Right? There's a lot of negative comments that you can get. However, me being 23 years old and almost 24, I don't really take like my validation and like my self-worth from people who comment on the internet. Not that I get that much hate in general, but like when you're older, you kind of have like, a sense of self already like you don't mm-hmm. care what other people say on the internet like it won't really bother you as much as it probably would have when you're like 16 right so I think that could mm-hmm. be like very detrimental in that um, it gives people platforms and not trying to get and also like there's a lot of negativity on there which can be really bad for your mental health if you're too young to understand and to have like and too impressionable too wow mm. makes sense like it's kind of like the issue with like every platform. It's like yeah, exactly. it gives everyone a platform. It, yeah. Is there one comment or hater that you remember specifically? One that just sticks out and that it just made you think. <laughs> not really. I feel like my content doesn't really ask. Like there's not really that many haters for skincare. That's true. <laughs> Besides like people saying like that didn't work for me. But me saying like. Oh, uh, like skincare doesn't work for everyone. Like not everything works yeah, for yeah, everyone. Yeah. So I guess like, but there's like, would be, I think like negative comments would be like, oh, like, um, I don't like this other person said like, this is not good. And you said it's good. I'll be like, well, everything is different for everyone. But I see a lot of people who like put their lives out there, like vloggers or like lifestyle people. People are not in a niche that people are critiquing like their mm. decisions, like who they're friends are who they're with who their how their parents are acting like when you put more of your like life online there's more mm-hmm. to critique right so i personally haven't experienced that yet but it's like something that comes with having a platform there'll be people there'll eventually be people that don't like mm-hmm. you like not everyone's gonna like you and that's fine so like you mentioned before too so like so like tiktok and social media everything is changing i feel like even your job it's gonna change like with the years too as you adapt to more and more um, just like different communities and platforms showing up in terms of how, like, cause you're, you're an Asian American um, to those of you who don't know, Helen is Asian American. Um, but she like, what has it been like to be an Asian American content creator? You mentioned earlier, we're familiar with the big names like Michelle Fawn, Jenim, Bubs Beauty. How is it now among the modern day Asian American content creators and do you feel connected to it? Yeah, I guess that I am really grateful that the Asian American community on these platforms like YouTube, TikTok, um, 
maybe not so much TikTok because it's pretty new, but YouTube and Instagram has already been very established by people like Michelle Phan, um, Bubs Beauty, but she's not really American, but she's Asian. <laughs> uh, Wang Fu, like all those people who mm. have been doing this mm -hmm. for like 10 plus years. So it's not really a new thing that for an Asian American content creator to be on like the scene besides like it's not really a new thing for Asian American uh, content creators to be on YouTube and TikTok or whatnot. It's more like of a new thing for traditional media. However, I am really like grateful that I get to be part of like a newer generation of these people because like even though we know who these people are, I think like people who are younger than us know who they are, but they didn't grow up experiencing them. And they're probably not going to be watching their videos that are like 15 years old right now, right? Unless they're really dying to know what it was it was like growing up as an Asian American like in 20 like 2013 or something um I think it was really good in terms of just meeting other people within this in, like group because I feel like the fact that we are Asian American we have like similar upbringings and like um, we share similar experiences even though we're not in like in the same niche so like when I talk to people who are other like Asian American content creators I already feel like we have something in common mm -hmm. so that everyone I've met in like the Asian American content creator space has been really nice and really encouraging which I appreciate and yeah I met a lot of great people I also really like hearing about people's experiences being Asian American and trying to do all these things like I know I watch a lot of people who talked about like being a full-time content creator kind of like Gen M and how they navigated that even though like their immigrant parents didn't really um, approve in the beginning kind of like what the situation that I'm going through so mm -hmm. what I'm hoping is that I can provide that for people who are younger than me especially because I do have a younger audience and I know a lot of my audience are other like Asian American females so I'm glad that I can act like kind of like an older sister figure to them. Mm. Hmm. That's cute. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Do you feel like in, in, in 2021, like, of course, the new year's coming and like there's a lot of media uh, opportunities. Do you feel like everyone can put in the work and, you know, go into content creation or is it, you know, maybe a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work or what, is, what are you, what is your like philosophy on entering that space for those that are interested yeah i definitely have to say that it's a combination of both luck and hard work because luck is very like you can see people who get lucky get viral on tiktok and youtube most likely tiktok though and just like the algorithm liking you but a lot of times that algorithm liking you has to do with you posting consistently you being there like making sure that you're engaging with people on the platform and whatnot, which actually takes a lot more work than you think it does. Especially I thought it didn't take that much work, except once I actually started making YouTube videos, I realized like how much editing, graphic design, everything goes into just talking. And also like talking on camera goes into one YouTube video. I guess like in terms of how you can do that, I feel like you really need to want it. Like you really need to want to be a content creator because this will not work out for someone who wants overnight success. Like maybe if you're lucky, you'll get overnight success. But I was doing this for like a year already before I reached anything. And in any of that, like in that point, I could have quit. Like, and I really wanted to quit because no one was watching my videos or anything. But I feel like there's going to be that inflection point that 
either like TikTok picks up your video, someone discovers it, it gets pushed mm-hmm. out by YouTube that you'll just need to keep working to. You just need to have like the patience to do that. And like you, that, that's why I say like, if you wanted to be a content creator just for the money, like you shouldn't do it. Like it's not worth it because <laughs> in the beginning, you're not going to be paid anything. You're not going to, no one's going to watch your videos, only your friends and family, even them, like they might not even be interested. But I think if you really, really wanted it and your skills kind of are surrounding that like sort of content creator skill set, so sort of like public speaking, like editing and whatnot, and you want to hone your skills in that, you'll be able to do it. Just be patient <laughs> and be consistent. Mm. That's a that's a good point. It um it, I think it, you're right about a lot of things where it's like it's really just about doing the work and it's not about like letting your emotions get to you about like, oh, I'm nothing or oh, this isn't going anywhere. And it's just about being consistent and like knowing that if this is what you want, you're going to keep doing it regardless of like how you feel and like what anyone else says. So Exactly. Because like a year ago, like I had 50, 100 people watch my videos like on YouTube at max and probably like 50 of them were my, my friends and family, multiple like <laughs> replays and stuff. So yeah. now like, like, Clarissa, talk- like 25 times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now when I actually <laughs> talk to like my like subscribers and like my supporters and stuff, they're talk about like, Oh, like I love watching your videos. Like when I get ready and stuff, I'm like, wow, I can't believe people are actually <laughs> watching this. Like it, it's crazy to me now. Um, but there's definitely those points. Like when I did vlogmas last year, like, there was like 50 views on it or something like that. I mean, I was appreciative, but it's just crazy how things can change so quickly within the space. So so to put it in perspective, what's like the number shift in growth like one year ago? Can you give us that? Yeah, so one year ago, let's say January, I had 600 subscribers. I think mm-hmm. so like around 600 and now I have like 19,000 yeah on YouTube exponential and a year ago I wasn't even on TikTok (laughs) so I was just posting YouTube content back then Mm -hmm. yeah um I guess like in terms of views I would get like 50 100 maybe like my max viewed one is like 200 but now I get around like 5,000 6,000 average which is pretty good, I would say, wow. in a year. Yeah, that's but very But I definitely have to attribute mm-hmm. that to um, TikTok mm-hmm. because a lot of people mm. came from my TikTok account. It's a lot easier to grow on TikTok than it was on YouTube. And it's especially hard to grow on Instagram, but maybe not now with Instagram Reels. I remember a little bit more than a year ago, Nate, Edwin, and I were recording in person and we had a break. And for some reason, we're just scrolling to YouTube and I was like, we should watch Helen's video. She's creating vi- YouTube videos and all that. And so we watched one of her early, early, <laughs> early videos. And she's definitely come a long way. Mm, we did. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, my early videos were very cringy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the wake up routine. Nate remembers oh. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a good. It's probably like seven, eight step process, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's oh, hidden I, now because it was so badly filmed <laughs> and edited. It's my, it's my favorite one. You got to bring it back. Maybe I'll bring it back just for memes. Yeah. But yeah, definitely oh, yeah. like my editing skills and like just talking to the camera and um, my general equipment too has upgraded since then. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we, we talked a lot about, um, you know, your experience with your parents to social media to just your experience being an Asian American on the platforms. So as an ending question, 
What would you, what kind of advice would you give to the next generation of Asian Americans or even people who are like wanting to do what you do now? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that from an Asian American with like immigrant parents who have always grown up with a very traditional mindset, I think most of us Asian Americans have a very traditional mentality of just staying in our lane. And I find that a little bit limiting especially in terms of like when I was like growing up and like my upbringing and stuff. And obviously now, like you guys can see due to COVID, people have not seen Asian Americans as like a thriving culture, but as like an other or like a minority. So I think that if you have the means to like, obviously like think about it and like, like think about your choices and make a pros and cons and like risk it, like how risk averse you are. But if you really, really want to, I think more Asian Americans should go and chase their dreams regardless of like what societal pressures that people have placed on them from like their parents or like traditional, like, I don't know, grandparents or Confucianism or whatever, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> those kind of things. And like, as you guys can see, America's really built on just, like, breaking from the mold and, like, innovation and everything. So I think Asian Americans come from a very unique perspective where they have a blend of Asian American culture that they can use to their advantage. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes into, like, being, like, a content creator and, like, a in, quote, unquote, influencer as well. Like, we have, like, the hard work that we learn from, like, our Asian and upbringing, but we have that innovative mindset that we learned from growing up in America. So just combining those together would be like a really great recipe for just pursuing anything wow. that you want to in the future. Mm, that's really good. Mm. Wow, that's inspiring. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Helen, thanks so much for just all your input and just being so vulnerable with us. I feel like you've definitely... Um, exceeded like our conversation has exceeded my expectations and it's been so much fun to just learn more about your story like I didn't I didn't know what how your conversation had gone and I'm so glad that even though you know they may have given some disapp disappointed grunts um they're still able to love you as their daughter and hopefully support you by watching your YouTube videos when you're in South Korea um and yeah for also all the TikTok knowledge that you gave us today. Thank you so much for um, being our guest. And thank you to everyone out there who's listening. I hope that you guys can follow Helen at Through Helen's Lens on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. Right, Helen? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's the same it's easy. username for all three platforms. It's easy, yeah. <laughs> And you guys will for sure be getting some really awesome content as you follow her journey to South Korea. And hopefully you guys can get some really good tips on how to talk to your parents about pursuing your dreams from this conversation too. Well, with that, I hope you guys can also follow us on almostalla.pod on Instagram and subscribe to our Spotify and Apple podcast platforms. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weeks, the rest of your days, and we'll see you in our next one. Bye. Thanks so much Bye. for having me. Bye. <laughs> Anytime. Bye.